flashlightstory.com. Okay, everyone, flashlight. It's time for your flashlight story because it's the number one sex toy for men, which is perfect because it's really the only one that you want. Wouldn't it be amazing if you could actually feel the pleasure of having sex anytime, anywhere, and you don't have a partner? The flashlight simulates the sensations of real sex. It's like a male masturbation sleeve. So you guys have your hand. I have 18 million toys, and it's kind of, you know, you want to mix it up and try something new. So try the flashlight. It was engineered to look and feel like the real deal, you know, kind of like a vagina or a butt, whatever you're into. It's cool. If you have porn stars that you like, they probably she probably has her uh, vagina molded. So go to fleshlight.com, use code Emily, and they have an award-winning flesh lube, and they will throw that in because you, you like to use a little lube. Believe me, you want it's like having the mangria without the ice. I mean, really, you gotta get the lube uh, into the fleshlight and it'll rock your world. So check it out. It's uh, fleshlight.com or go to sexwithemily.com, click on the fleshlight banner and get and use code Emily and get your lube. Thanks for listening. Hi, you're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex relationships and everything in between. For more information about Sex with Emily, go to sexwithemily.com. You can listen to our podcasts, sign up for our mailing list, take the latest poll, listen to a blog, and get the best sex advice around, really. So thanks, everyone, for becoming Friends with Benefits members. We so appreciate it. And it's like 15 cents a day, and you get podcasts every day and you get sex tips and you get all your questions answered. If you're friends with benefits member, you know, we answer your emails. They go right to the top of the list. And today we've got some great emails and I'm really, really excited for today's show. Menace is out of town, but we've got an amazing guest here, Nicole Daydone. She wrote a book called Slow Sex, uh, the art and craft of the female orgasm. And I'm so excited because she's based in San Francisco. She also runs an organization called One Taste, which we've gotten a lot of people are curious about it and want to know what goes on with One Taste. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Also, we went to her orgasm pop-up store, which was just a, a, like the cent- orgasm central in San Francisco for a few weeks. And so we're going to get into all that later. We're going to teach you all about the female orgasm and what you can do to enhance your sex life. Because I know that you're probably listening to the show because your sex life is eh. Might not be so great right now. You might be having some issues, you know, or maybe it's great and you want it to be just take it to the next level. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to take it to the next level with Nicole. So I'm so glad she's here. And um, first, okay, we got to talk about, uh, we're going to do some sex in the news and we're going to do some emails and that's what we're going to do. Okay, so let me get into that, some sex in the news first. So, Sex in the News, Dolly Parton apologizes to lesbian couple kicked out of Dollywood. Apparently, there's a place called Dollywood, which I didn't even know until today in Tennessee, which I, reminds me of, like, Elviswood or whatever Elvis, Elvis's place is called. And, and they kicked out a lesbian couple. They were denied access to Dollywood. So, they were, she was, they were wearing a T-shirt. One of them was wearing a T-shirt that said, marriage is so gay. And they got kicked out. And we also had lesbians kicked out of the Gertrude Stein exhibit at the Jewish Museum. So what is the deal with kicking lesbians out? I don't know. But Dolly, Dolly Parton says, I'm truly sorry for any hurt or embarrassment regarding the gay and lesbian t-shirt incident. Everyone knows my personal support of the gay and lesbian community. Dollywood is a family park and all families are welcome. I can't imagine that Dollywood is a family park. When I think of Dolly Parton, I think of her boobs. I think of like her boobs and like her, like her plastic surgery and whatever. And like I don't know what kind of family values there, but that's whatever Dollywood. So that's what's happening there. If you didn't know, 
insurers will soon be required to cover birth control. We not talked about this a few weeks ago, but now Obama administration, this is amazing. He announced on Monday that health insurance plans must cover birth control with no co-pays among other reproductive health care services. So this is amazing. They're going to be giving free birth control. I mean, it's not free. Everything's nothing. Everything comes with a price, but this is a great step forward for women. So it's very exciting because it's expensive birth control. And there's a lot of people who just use that as an excuse for not using birth control. So now can you no longer use an excuse. Thank you to Obama. And it starts on August 1st, 2012. That's really soon. It's very exciting. Okay. Octomom, Nadia Sulman talks sex. People need sex, but I don't. I have zero sexual interest. Oh, my. Yes. 36-year-old mother of 14 stripped down to a black bikini on the cover of Steppin' Out magazine. She says she hasn't had sex in 12 years. Um, I think that people who don't have sex... The longer you don't have sex, you talk yourself out of sex and you think you don't need it. Oh, yeah. And, and you get more and more righteous about it. And you exactly. get grumpier and grumpier from not having sex. Exactly. You're that much further. It's like your boat just begins to drift further and right. further and further from the harbor, right? Exactly. That's what's, that's what's happening here. She said, I've only had one boyfriend my whole life and I never loved him. Octomom's got a lot going on. I mean, she's got a lot going on. I, but but probably Beyond she did like a, a sex practice, well, like one of Nicole Daydon's oming practices, which we're going to get into. Maybe that would help her. Yeah. Well, help did all? you read this article, the Erica Jong article in the New York Times, where she said that uh, the buzzword? So she's this feminist, right? Right. From Forty right, years right, ago, and she said that the buzzword of her time used to be freedom, and now it's control. And again and again and again, that's what I find with women. It's like we're so proud of ourselves that we can control our appetite. We don't eat very much. We don't sex very much. We don't want very much. Look, we're great women. And we're really tight and really grumpy. Really wound up. Right. That is so interesting that it's control, that we have to be the perfect person. We have to do it all. Like The feminist movement has brought that to us, that we actually have a lot more on our plate. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we can run on fumes. We're proud of the fact we can Uh, run on fumes. We need so much help. You help so many women, Nicole. And soon, yeah, she's get under the honey you. blanket, get exactly. saturated and warm. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> okay, so infidelity is linked to sexual personality. A recent survey asked a thousand people to report their involvement in a monogamous sexual relationship lasting from three months to forty-three years. Twenty-three percent of men and nineteen percent of women reported to participating in infidelity, but the causes for infidelity differed drastically. Hmm. Men who were easily aroused and men who suffered from performance anxiety were more likely to be unfaithful. Hmm. That's interesting. That's interesting. What do you think about that? Men who were easily aroused and suffer from performance anxiety. So obviously men who are easily aroused, maybe they have higher testosterone, but I would think the ones with performance anxiety... They probably are blaming their partner that they're having right. performance. So they're like, oh, I'm going to go sleep with as many women as I can and prove myself that I don't have this performance anxiety, maybe. Yeah, well, it's you know, it's also interesting. You remember this um, study that was done at Stanford with the kids with the marshmallows? No. And they would, so they had marshmallows in front of the kids, and then they would say, okay, I'm going to go, but if you don't eat the marshmallow, you get a second marshmallow. Oh. And then they showed that people who, the kids who didn't eat the marshmallow, and it was so cute, they would show them, like, licking the marshmallow right, and right. everything. I did, I did remember that. Well, like the kids who could hold it, you know, who could hold right. their desire, got the second marshmallow, and throughout the rest of their lives, they had higher IQs and they were happier. And so there is something about being able to hold an impulse. Right. You know, I think in our culture. Yeah. Well, we're such an empty calorie culture, right? It's like, oh, my God, I'm hungry. I need a burger. I need it now. I need to get this hunger. But then you never actually fill up. And I think right. the same thing shows in our sex lives. All right. I, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. So how do you, how does that translate, though, into your into your sex, so if we're supposed to hold it, 
Well, I think because we talk about control, right. so that's kind of a way of controlling yourself. Well, I think these guys don't learn how to actually nourish themselves right. with the woman that they're with necessarily, right. and so what they learn is volume rather than quality. And, right. I, and and I think that we aren't taught how to do that. We aren't taught how to actually get nutrients from our sex. Right. And that's what you teach, right? It's what I teach. I love it. Okay. Yeah. So we're all in the shot now? Cool. Okay, Nicole, we're all in the shot now. Okay, so women, so the women who cheated, happiness with their long-term sexual partner was paramount. Women who felt sexually unsatisfied Mm. were more likely to cheat. How compatible they felt with their partner and shared sexual values was also a predictor for cheating. So for women, it's the women who are sexually unsatisfied. There's yeah. a lot of women out there yeah. that are sexually unsatisfied. Yeah. So it's men who are easily around. That's so interesting. People always want to know why people cheat. So that's that's what we got for you. That's our sex in the news. Okay, we can get into some emails now. And I picked out special emails for Nicole. So Nicole Daydone's my guest. Okay, emails. Hey, Emily, love your show. I listen to it every day, and I take a lot of your advice when it comes to my own sex life. Mm. I've been with a guy for almost four years, and we have amazing, and we've had amazing sex. The only problem is he doesn't really like to give me oral. He says he's had bad experiences with past girls being gross down there. That doesn't really bother me because, like I said, we have great sex. But is there anything I can do to cure his fear of going down? I personally love giving him oral sex, so I can't really understand where he's coming from. He says he's willing, He's willing. so I just need some help. Thank you so much. This is from Angela. She's a premium Friends with Benefits member, so we're answering her email right now. Okay, Nicole, what do you think about that? Men who don't... I mean, she's the orgasm queen here. Um... But men who don't like, I think there's a lot of men. I always say there's men who love the vagina and men who don't love the vagina. And I think with your work, you're trying to get more men on the other side to love the vagina. But I feel like there's men who just don't, they don't get it. They don't like it. They had a bad experience and they're, they're, they want it. Like they want to have sex with your vagina, but that's all they want. They don't want to like get into it. They don't want to know it. They don't notice if you got, if you got a wax or they don't want to like get in and look at the lips. Like there's some men who are like, let me, they want a flashlight. They want to get in there. And those guys are like, I just don't really want to go down there. So how do you convince a man? I always say it's like if the food you don't like, like if you don't like tomatoes, I'm like, there's like people who don't like tomatoes. If you don't like tomatoes, you're never going to like all of a sudden, I think, learn to like a tomato. Although you talk about tomatoes in your book. I do talk about tomatoes. (laughs) I always use tomato analogies, too, around sex. I'm like, some people just don't like it. But how do you get men to get to like it? You know, I think it's interesting. It's like um, there's a great David White book, and he talks about the fact that Herman Melville was afraid of water, but his greatest success came from writing about Moby Dick in the water. And I think the same thing happens for a lot of men. The men, I find that the men who have the most fear around the pussy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Say whatever you want. Uh, I can say it. Okay. So the many of the most fear tend to be the ones who are actually the most interested and intrigued, but have it locked behind that fear. So I think it's a matter of unlocking it. And so what I would say is make every single element part of the sex act. Have him bathe you. Have him look down there. Make that into the whole experience so that he takes ownership of it. Because my guess is that he has a lot of desire. And something happened where he had a... I'll bet it wasn't a negative experience. It was that he had a lot of desire and somehow that desire got shut down. And it could just be like one time. It could have been high school. One woman was like had something like grossed him out or Or, like she said he had a bad experience or he was grossed out she said. Or where he was turned on and and she Shut felt shame. Down. Right. Usually it's something like that. Yes. And then he picks up on that shame and then he's like, oh, that's bad. I can't right. have it. I can't want it. So she has to unlock this. So yeah. maybe bathing together is what you're saying. Yeah. Bathing is huge. If there, if, you know, and everyone, women are concerned about how they smell and how they taste. And so, yeah, taking a bath and like sudsing each other up and right. doing that thing. Okay. And then right. just kind of 
how would she get him to initiate getting over that? Just have her, expl- maybe she shows him the mutual masturbation. She shows him what feels good to her. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh between. my God. I think there's infinite ways to go about it. I think the biggest way though, is to begin to take all of that, that negative charge that he's feeling and make it positive. So this isn't necessarily the the best metaphor, but you know, they say that, uh, you know, like heroin addicts actually come to love the feeling of the needle. Right. So this thing that they thought was negative because what followed right. was amazing. Right. So you can begin to, to make your pussy into something that's really positive for a guy right. by ensuring that what happens after immediately following him, putting any attention on your pussy, any positive attention right. at all, you make sure what happens is amazing and you in, incrementally increase the amount of attention he puts there and how amazing what happens is. How do and then do that, though. Oh, my God. I th- you know, is this I, what we're going to get into? I think this is what, like, guys are simple. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you have a group of human beings who are approval-deprived. Like, they're just... They're dying for approval. Right. And we as right. women think that all of those barbs don't get in there. All of those subtle criticisms mm-hmm. don't get in there. I think you simply say, like, ah. Oh. That feels so good. Right. And you let him feel how good just his attention is. Right. And then you watch him glow. Right. And then you stop there. And then you do it again the next day. Only you increase the amount of time that you do it. And you let him feel that just his attention... Just his attention to it is good. And, yeah. you, and then you're positive reinforcing and right. you're erasing all the negative imagery exactly. that he has. That's good. I like it. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I love that you're here. I love that I didn't have to answer that. And you're so <laughs> articulate and great. <laughs> Emily, here's a topic that's on my mind and likely the minds of other men. It has to do with the myster- mysterious female orgasm. I've been married for 20 years. My wife and I have sex three to four times a week regularly. On occasion, my wife will let me know that she doesn't care if she climaxes. She just wants me to enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. What? That makes no sense to me mm-hmm. as a guy. You see, for men, an orgasm is perhaps the most powerful, most pleasurable function our body generates. Nothing comes close. It is inconceivable to engage in intercourse without following through to climax. However, if you're pod- however, in your podcast, I gather that it's not an uncommon female response. Thus, it seems that women treat an orgasm as a nice-to-have, while men tend to treat it as a must-have. It always feels strange to me that my wife would be okay letting me climax without experiencing the same thing herself. Can you please explain this to me further? Is the female orgasm not as satisfying as the male orgasm? Thanks. E from the OC. Well, I have to say that I think the female orgasm is satisfying as a male orgasm, but she might not be able to reach her. She might be feeling pressure from you or from the situation that she's not able to orgasm. So she's created, told herself in her mind that it's not that important. But really, it is important. But it doesn't have to be everything. Like, I think sometimes that sex can be so many things, so I don't think she's lying to you by saying it's not important to her, but I think there are ways that we can learn to give her more orgasms and to increase her pleasure, right? Because he's concerned about that. Because it does bum guys yeah. out. It does. I mean, when men out, when they're like, why can't she? I did it. I, well, I had an orgasm. She doesn't. But don't you think there is some truth that, that women, we still enjoy sex if we don't have orgasms? Or is that something that you don't believe? Um... I think it's multifold. How right. about that? Okay, go. What's so, your answer? So, you know, on the first, I, th- I think, well, it's twofold. So the first part is I think so many, so many of us women have been trained, like I said, to not have an appetite. And that the thought of asking a man to shift position even is so overwhelming right. for so many women. And, uh, you know, I, I just was working with a woman last night and she said, suddenly I'm in bed with him and I don't know why, but I can't speak. 
I have no way to tell him what I want because right. I don't know, know how to tell him what I want. Even start, right. right. So then she said, I just kind of lie there and take it. And I actually can't wait for him to climax, to get it over with. And I think that is such an unbelievably prevalent viewpoint. That's so out there, prevalent. Right. So prevalent. So that's the first part. But the second part, and this would be the higher version of it, is that there is a kind of orgasm. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, here we go. Here we <laughs> go. So good okay. and so deep and so rich that a climax actually feels like uh, a disappointment by comparison. And this is the work that you do. This with is the exact sex. work that I do. And, you know, and climax can be part of it, but it's like you are out there and you are coasting, you know, in the, the, the place where you wouldn't want to move an inch because it's so good. Wow. And then the thought of climax would be like, no, 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 right. no, 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 right. no, yeah, don't, 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 oh, right, right. God, it's so good. And anyone, and people can learn this from your oh, book yeah. or from your classes, or they could download your. Okay, E from the OC, she's, he should download your video. What's your, what's the video? Where do we find it? The URL is one taste okay. dot us, one taste dot us, and the video is called How to Ohm. And really, what can happen after a period of time is the minute a finger goes down on her clitoris, all of the signs of orgasm show, all of the contractions, the ejaculate wow. at the instant of contact. Oh my God. That's amazing. I can't wait to get there. We're going to get there soon in this show. I mean, personally and on the show. Okay. Um, okay. Emily, I've been seeing this guy I grew up with for almost eight months and he's wonderful, but I feel like now we want different things. When Clay and I got together, I was very clear about what I wanted. Just fun. I made it very clear that I didn't want marriage, kids, or anything remotely serious. But here I am with this wonderful man who won't stop talking about marriage and kids. Any other women would love to have my man at her feet, but because of this constant marriage and children talks, I'm thinking of breaking this off. Is a man wanting to marry you a deal breaker? Rhonda from Atlanta, Georgia. That's a brilliant question. I know it is. <laughs> I, I love it. You, it might be a deal breaker just because everyone else in the world, maybe it's prematurely. He's, 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 he's asking you for marriage. I don't know. You've been seeing him for eight months. Eight months isn't very long for him to be like talking about marriage and kids. I almost feel like when a man has, or a woman has such an agenda like that, like eight, after eight months, let's talk marriage and kids. It's almost like it's on, he's on a track, but he's not paying attention to what track you're on. It's like, he's totally blind. It's clearly you're not there yet. And he keeps talking about it. So where are you guys not communicating? Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel, yeah, definitely. I feel like that's one possibility. I feel yeah. like there's this other possibility where he's actually asking for something he, and he doesn't have the words to ask for what he wants. And I think often I think he really just wants a blowjob. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Likely. Right. No, I, you know, my guess is there's some kind of deeper connection that he wants. And in his mind, the only way he can have it is through marriage and kids. Right. I think there's a way that we have this law. Right. Like, and we assume, okay, as soon as we are walking down the aisle, right. that intimacy will descend on us. And we will suddenly know that, you know, like they right. say, like, you know, you, as soon as you have a baby, you're going to know how to be a mother. Yeah. Well, we've discovered that just is not the case. No. As soon as you get married, you are not necessarily going to be intimate. Exactly. My guess is he wants a deeper kind of intimacy, and that's how he knows how to ask for that's it. That's a really good, that's a great point. So maybe it's not what he wants, but he's wanting something more from her, from from you, Rhonda, like that is, because I think there's nothing wrong with not wanting marriage right now after eight months together. You might never want marriage, but yeah, maybe you, you need to have a talk to him, talk with him about what he what it really is that he thinks that when you guys got married, what is it that he, he thinks right. that's going to elicit? And then maybe you guys can try to create that right now in your relationship without the marriage. Yeah, and I think there's this other thing where... Uh, you know, as soon as we start talking about marriage and kids, everything gets so serious and I grave, know. and we forget to play. And, you know, I mean, what you can do is you can just 
playhouse for a night. You can actually yeah. begin, you can turn that into a fantasy. You can make that into a whole experience for him where he gets to taste it. Right, like you what know, marriage would be like and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, that's Because like the underlying that. thing he wants with you is love and relationship. That's right. really what he wants. So then you can make all these things into adventures. Right, I love it. Do, but do you think that some men are some men say it because, because they think that that's what she wants to hear? That, 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 that's what she wants, or he's saying it too. I don't know. Right. It's, it's interesting be. that you said. I have a lot of men. This is really interesting. Yeah, that you say like, that. I that's want a great right. question. Come to me, and all of a sudden they have this realization that oh my god, they are talking about marriage because they think that's the only way they're going to have sex. Yes, they have been trained by their mothers, oh, or the, so trained. <laughs> they have been trained to to fall in love with the woman every time. And when they discover, like, oh wait a minute, actually, it can be with my friend. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you're. T- Totally right. I think that so much of what this is is unwearing these messages that we get from from childhood, from early ages, from society. Yeah, I mean, take it, it off. Take it all right? off. Just take it strip off. it all down. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's see. We've got. Okay. Let's just go to this one because this comes up a lot, and I want to see what you have to say about this, Nicole. Emily, I'm a 24-year-old woman, and I was recently prescribed a low dosage of Zoloft for depression and anxiety, and I didn't think there were any side effects until recently. I started seeing a really great guy, but whenever we have sex, I just don't find my body responding very much. I'm totally attracted to him, and the sex has the potential to be great, but I feel like it's me who is keeping that from happening. I keep a bottle of lube by the bed, which helps a little, but but after a while, I feel like I'm just going through the motions for his sake. I've never been able to orgasm with a guy, so that's nothing new, but this is beyond frustrating. Before I was on Lexapro, a different before I was on Lexapro, a different antidepressant and had slight side effects, but nothing like this. I cannot take my medication. I cannot not take my medication, but can you think of anything I can do to counteract the side effects? Thank you so much, Anna. So she never had orgasms with a guy before, and she said, I mean, that's really common that people have the side effects from, from SSRIs. And so I think a lot of people are on SSRIs that are prescribed it that don't need to be, but it sounds like you need to be taking them. I think that there are medications you can take that counteractors like Wellbutrin, which is another, which is one that has less side effects. Um, it's still for depression, but it's can counteract the side effects but i would talk to your doctor you could also go down you might be taking too high of a dose and also what were you going to say what I was being ladylike. Yeah, I I my mouth. Like, oh, I <laughs> so I think that there are things you could do. I would just talk to your doctor. I'm not a doctor, but you can. I know that there are ways you can go down on the medication. A lot of times, women are too high of dose, or right before you, if you know you're having sex, like let's say the weekend, you have a lot of sex and you're seeing your your partner. You could go down on it. You could take less, the less, a less of a dose. But you could also, there are other medications they can add in if you feel like you need to take the medication. Does this and, and she's not had an orgasm with a man before either. Anyway, that's so, interesting. Yeah. So does I just come up a lot too the medication. It, I think it would probably be my second most common question. Okay, so good. So what do, mine too. Yeah, lately. it's very common. And so, I, I just did a great video with Dr. Sarah Gottfried. And if you oh, can yeah. find her, call her. She okay. is. In, I gotta have her on the show. I've heard, we've connected before, but she's so fabulous and so real. And so we were we were talking about this very topic, and we were talking about the fact that. Um, that often these these are the exact symptoms, you know, often what we call depression are the symptoms of a woman who doesn't have orgasm in her body. 
She's lax- lacking oxytocin. She has high cortisol. All of these different symptoms wow. begin to develop. And the, at the root cause is a lack of orgasm. And then you take this pill that decreases your, your highs and right. your lows and makes orgasm that much more elusive. Right. And so we were talking about how to work with this. And one of the, one, my suggestion always, and the doctor agreed, right. is just add OM. Just add an orgasmic practice as often as, and I would even okay. say for you daily a daily practice. So they can overcome the side effects with an own practice, which is orgasmic meditation, which we're going to get into like in a second. Because the nature of a practice is you don't have to be turned on to start. Like when I go to yoga almost every day, it's not like I, I, before going to yoga, I'm like, oh, I'm just dying to get to yoga. It's like, yeah, you know, I, you know, pack my little bag, I get my little booty in there and I go and then I'm in there and then I'm like, oh, thank God I did this. That's what, that's really how a practice works, right? Right, So if you take on an orgasmic practice on a daily basis, just add OM, just add an orgasmic practice in such a way that you begin to shift internally your hormones and you, you may just find that a lot of the symptoms fall away and that either one of two things can happen in both are positive. Either your desire for the actual antidepressant can fall away okay, or you may desire to stay on the antidepressant, but you can find a doorway into your orgasm even with the, even with the antidepressant. That is amazing. It's like a cure-all. Yeah. It's a cure-all. Let's get into that now. I think we should get into it now. Okay. So if you're just joining us, Nicole Dedone is a... The author of Slow Sex, The Art and Craft of the Female Orgasm, she also started this revolutionary place in San Francisco. It's a company called One Taste. And One Taste was founded in the summer of 2004, so you've been around for a while. Mm. And it's, it's a place where sexuality, relationship, and intimacy can be discussed openly and honestly. And right. she teaches courses. And they keep everyone I know is like, have you heard of One Taste? I'm thinking of taking a class. I've taken a class. So it keeps coming up everywhere. And we, we met Nicole. Uh, we've met a few times. Yeah. And I've, I've spoken at One Taste. And I went to your, when her book launched, she had an orgasm. We talked about this in the show, an orgasm pop-up store, which was so creative and clever. And it just had orgasm is. It had these big sheets of paper, and everyone can come in and describe what an orgasm is to them, which I thought was just brilliant. Because yeah. what is so many things to so many people. Right. And so right. congratulations on that. That was Thank just you. revolutionary and so cool. So we're talking about oming, which is orgasmic meditation. And many people might not have heard of it uh, yet, but you will. So can you talk about, well, first, let's just back up and tell me about your background. And Great. Who you are. Okay. Okay. So how you got into this? Um, I fell in into this, it. I tripped in it. Okay. Into it. It's not something that I. It's not something like I knowingly would have walked right. into. So, um, so I was teaching. I think that's probably the best place to start because okay. that's where the first seed got laid. I was teaching at San Francisco State, and I was teaching in the a graduate teaching associate. Okay. And I handed out this questionnaire. I was teaching human sexuality and communications. I handed out this questionnaire. And in the questionnaire, I said, what do you want to know about sex? To these, and it was to women at the time. Okay. And I was a young, budding feminist. Right. And I was so proud that we had our sexual liberation. Right. And every single one came back with some version of what's wrong with me. And I, I was devastated. You know, I was like... Where did our sexual liberation go? What do you mean, go? what's wrong with me? Give me an like, example. They were um, like, oh. I can't climax. Oh, okay, what's okay, wrong right. with me? All of these uh, places where I could feel deep-seated shame in this area that was supposed to be free. You know, right. sex, you know, our power, totally. man. And and so that stuck with me. And then what stuck with me is I also had a sitting meditation practice at the okay. time. 
And I knew that there was a way that you could have a practice that was outside of the realm of theory okay. that gave you relief. Right. But I didn't have any relief to offer to, to these women. Okay. I just had more books for them to read and more recipes for them to follow that didn't address the fact that they didn't know how to feel. Right. Right. And then, you know, several years later, I was getting ready to move into the Zen Center. Dun, 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 dun. Wow. I, went, I, I almost did that, too. I've done Vipassana meditation, oh, yeah, like 10-day yeah. silent retreats and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. And I was really going down that, so I totally get it. Yeah. yeah. Can, okay, so you were going to move into the Zen Center. Right, which is funny. You know, the, it, it seems diametrically opposed, right. but when you get down underneath it. But it's really it, not. It's, yeah, it's all the same. It's, it's like, like having a practice. Yeah. And and um, I met a guy, and he said, I want to introduce you to a sexual sexuality practice at a party. I was at a party. This is so embarrassing. Right. And, um, and he said, uh, you'll take your pants off. I'll have all of my clothes on. It will be for 15 minutes. You won't have to do anything in return. We'll talk about it before, during, and after, and the lights will be on. <laughs> and I... <laughs> What's so funny though is like every single one of my objections that I would have made, right? Right? He answered all of them in the request, and so the next thing I knew, I was, you, you know, I was, right. I was lying on my back, right, 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 <laughs> with my legs butterflied awesome. open, the lights on, you know, and I said, I, I was there, and I said, this is so strange, and right. then he started the practice and um the oming practice right he started stroking me and you know i was where i always was i was in my head right right? and and i was thinking like uh like do i like this guy am i fat are we gonna get married (laughs) all of that stuff and then what happened was that chronic chatter all of a sudden just stopped for a minute and i felt something wow and i and there had been like this underlying sense you know it's it's this underlying thing that made me reach out and seek into zen buddhism it made me right. shop it made right. me drink too much wine right. Right. made me eat too many cupcakes all of these things and it was like for the first time in my life like that place got touched and I, and it hit me like oh my god this is what it's supposed to be like wow this was is sex cuz how was your sex before that your sex life before that i would say that my sex life would have been a nine or a ten on any one scale. Okay. On the scale that I mean, it was like I had climax every time. Right. I had you know hot, sexy makeouts. Right. It was like all of the stuff oh, so you, that okay. we're told it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't even this. It's like it wasn't like it went from like you know a, a, you know a nine to a ten. It was like it went from a nine to a whole other right. Like not scale. even like, like I don't even recognize that last yeah. that Nicole from the past. Yeah, right. It was ex- That's the, who amazing. I, who I was on the other side was a completely different human being. Okay, and did you did you get together with this guy or? I well, I, it, okay, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Like years ago. So now, okay. So what then? Let's talk about it then. So he owned you, right? Okay. So what is we owning? Owned. We so, owned. Okay. We owned. We owned. Right. Um, so it's really simple, and and I'm so glad that you know vipassana because I can use the okay, the basic terminology. Vipassana is a kind of meditation. That, yeah. Okay. Right. So um, I'll describe it, and right. um, it'll be in this scenario. It'll be a man and a woman. Okay. The woman will be being stroked, and so she would lie down. She would butterfly her legs open, and there would be pillows underneath mm-hmm. both of her legs. He would put one leg underneath her knees, mm-hmm. one over her belly. He would rest his thumb at the base of her introitus. Okay. So the introitus is the area were you to enter 
in intercourse. Okay. Right? So he would just rest his son there and then put his hand underneath her behind okay. to secure her. He would then take lubrication. Okay. And he would stroke the upper left-hand quadrant of her clitoris. Right. So if um, my clitoris were a clock and the right. 12 o'clock position were my belly button, it okay. would be the 1 o'clock position where Got he would it. stroke. Okay. Which Good. is amazing that men can... I'm always amazed if men can even find the clitoris. Now we're like... But now you got to break it into quadrants. Right. But this is what you teach, right? Well, but, but like, you know you know how you'll say, like, a little to the left. Yes. No, ah, a little to the right. Exactly. This is where we're trying to direct him. So now and we actually have a map. you're the whole thing, right. and you're like, that's so wrong. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and he's, like, rubbing. Now you can actually give him precise instructions on the location. Okay. So then he would just stroke up, down, up, down, On up, the left down. quadrant first. On yeah. the left quadrant. Okay. No more firmly than you would stroke the eyebrow. Okay. And both people, <laughs> yeah, most people would, uh, both people would keep their attention on that point of connection okay. for all 15 minutes. So you just had to breathe and focus on that part exactly. only. Okay. Exactly. And then what happens? Yeah, there you go. So now, doesn't that sound, it, it, it sounds it's, nice. It, it sounds, but doesn't it sound deceptively simple? Like, yes. Like, like really? Right, okay. right. Great. Well, I can pet my cat too. Right. Now, I think it's simple in the same way that breathing meditation is simple. Like, okay, you're just sitting there focusing on your breath, and all of a sudden you're rocketed to the outer stratospheres of the universe. And if you haven't had that experience, there is no way you can describe the places you can get to just focusing on your breath. Right. My experience is it's the exact same with oming. It's like I have almost 10,000 hours of practice. If you do, if it were just like, you know. Right. Uh, there would be no way I could continue. No, right? but it's amazing. So you do it every single day? Uh, well, I haven't done I So right. now I stroke. That's, so oh, now, now you I'm, stroke yeah. people. Okay, right. so now you're the stroker. Strokey. Right. Stroker. Because right. I so you so stroke. many years on my back. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Lucky, lucky woman. So now you teach the classes to men and women right. how to do it. Right. So what, what would you say then are the benefits? Like what are this, the, the, the immediate benefits that someone will feel? After they do it. Great. So um, so I think we actually have this malady. And the malady is very similar to the, when we had um, scurvy, which isn't a very beautiful way of putting it. But, you know, there was scurvy. It's this disease. They couldn't figure out why. But all of a sudden, all of these people who were on ships and happened to eat limes right? didn't get it. Okay. And then all of a sudden, they located, oh, my God, it's, it's the vitamin C inside. And then you get rid of this this ailment. Okay. Well, I think we have an ailment in our culture and it's uh, it's basically it's called tumescence and it is the build up of sexual energy inside of a woman's body. Okay. And so all of these different things that that underlying hunger, right? Right. What I call the western woman's mantra, I eat too much, I drink too much, I diet too much, right. I self-help too much, right. I give too much and still I can't feed that hunger. Right. Right. That feeling actually gets nourished. And when that happens, all of these other things, all these compensatory behaviors begin right. to follow way, right? Sort of like our idea of a woman um, begins to drastically change because we see women often as like manic or dramatic or we see her as controlling and tight and all of that falls away right? because she actually gets nourished. So that feeling, if you've had a great makeout, right? right? Love it. You know, and you've just had that makeout. The elusive so- great makeout, too, that goes away after dating someone for a while. you got to bring it back, though. I think kissing's the first thing that goes, I always say. All right. I think it doesn't have we to can be. work on it. I mean, Let's that's work on the, it. Yeah. Okay. So the... Um, okay. Yeah. 
Sorry. Go ahead. So, um, so you know that that way. It's all of a sudden. It's like you've had this great makeout, and it's like you have these different kind of three D glasses where you're a little bit in love with everything. Mm-hmm. So you know, like after you have this makeout, he's eating, and you know, a little bit of food dribbles on his chin. That's so cute, and you lick right. it off. You know, where it's like before the makeout, if that would happen, you'd be like, that is so disgusting. Right. You know. So as women, we have like these really critical kind of tight minds. You know how it shifts after a makeout. Now imagine if you had that kind of sensation in your body all the time. Right. That's what that, a So that's what does. you talk about. You talk about the practice of like you're always in a constant state, like orgasmic bliss, right. right? Right. So I remember, how do you, duh, it's so hard to explain, right? You just have to do it. Okay, so here's what I have to tell you. Okay, good. Okay, so I go to your orgasm pop-up store, which I, we had the best time. We, like, were, the, my interns were, like, in the confession, the desire booth. The desire booth. And there was, like, or everyone wrote on the wall. We have a video on our website, which you can check out, of, or all the of orgasm, what orgasm means to them, and it was so cool. But while I was there, I was approached by a few gentlemen. <gasps> And no, gentlemen, yes, so. yes, it is. And I was approaching people like, "What are you doing here? Are you part of One Taste? One Taste is the organization, is the company that you run." Right. Nicole started this really successful company that teaches sex and sexuality. And what do you say? It teaches uh, sexuality, relationships, and intimacy. A redefinition of, of orgasm. Okay, it redefines yeah. orgasm. Mm-hmm. She's like, are you part of One Taste? I'm like, well, I've been there. I'm not. I'm here. Like, love Nicole, love her work. Like, I don't really know. They're like, well, I'm looking for an oming partner. So three guys emailed me and called me since then, uh-huh. and I'm and, and and at first I was like I, I I'm so curious about it. Like I've talked to you, I've read your book, I've had some of your um, some of your one taste people on my show like five years ago. Uh-huh. So it's always been in the back of my mind. Like I should own. Why don't I own? I gotta own. I should own. I've done my. <laughs> so anyway, they're calling me and I didn't get back to him. So then one email yeah. me and he's like, "Okay, I know I should probably take this as a rejection because you haven't gone back to me twice, but I just want to." And I was like, "You know what? This is a sign. I got to do it." So I'm meeting with him today. <laughs> But we're having coffee. <laughs> and he's one of your, like, you know, one of you taking your class and he needs a partner. Uh-huh. And I think I might do it. I think I it's amazing. Know. So I think I, I'm so I'm nervous and whatever. He's like, well, should we just start doing it? I'm like, no, no, no. Let's meet for coffee first. So we're going to meet. And I'm going to, and I thought, I mean, they were all really, they had just all great vibes. Like, I don't just give out my number, but they all seem cool. So now I got to, now I got to pick. But he was the one that fouled up three times. <laughs> we the call this a luxury like, no, problem. Oh right? Do you know how many women I have who come to me and say, what if you don't have a partner? No, uh, and you don't think you could ever oh, get sorry, one. You know? I'm not free. <laughs> oh my god! So I'm so I'm, I'm going to go. You're a turned on woman, of course yes. you do. Right? So I should do this. I just feel like it'll be a good thing. So that I met him at your store. Yeah, I'll let you know how it goes. But what else? What other the other? And I want to just offer you. You know, if this one doesn't work out, you can. I'm happy. I would love for you to have a session for you really? to be fully trained to the depth of training that you want. Like I would with love you? for you to have that. Of course. I would love that. <laughs> we got to go. See ya. I want to do it now. Really, Nicole? That would be amazing. Of course. Because then we could like, yeah. Oh, my God. That's what we're doing. Do I know. I know. And, I know. And you're already turned on. So you're I'm actually somebody who could get the nuance too. of it. What'd you say? You what? You could get the nuance yeah. of it, right? It, yeah. Yeah. And it, lately it's funny because a bunch of my friends have been like, have you heard about that? Like, I feel like it's like it's in the, well, so your book came out right. and it's just yeah. like in the atmosphere right now. So what are the other things? About me? So what is the difference between a woman orgasming and climaxing? Right. How do you check out the difference between those two? Because it's not about like we think orgasm is right. when like I remember you describing this or people who work with you about, about going over. Right. Going over. Do you still use yeah. that? We do. To, okay. or, or actually, I'll just say climax at this point. I've distinguished between the two. And so, you know, really what climax is for most people. 
right, is, um, well, it's, it's two things. So the first is you're feeling kind of stressed out. You want to get rid of that feeling of stress in your right. body. And so you have a climax and whew, you get back to normal. Right. Or you're, you know, you're with a partner and you're feeling all this buildup of turn on. Right. And then, you know, it's like, oh, you can't take it anymore. I love you. Right. And then you climax and then whew, you lie together and take a nap. Right. And how that happens is you um, progressively increase pressure, right? Okay, right. And um, and then you pull everything up, <gasps> and then you you hear the bell ring, ding, and then choo, you expel right. it, right? And right. and you'll notice like it's kind of violent That's in like your body, right? It right? is. It's it is like, a little violent, whoa, yeah. It like be. and it's kind of exhausting, right? Yes. But the exhaustion feels good because usually we're so tense. We have so much tension that the exhaustion by comparison feels good. So that's what a climax is to me. When I'm talking about orgasm, what I'm talking about is almost the exact opposite. I'm talking about um, cultivating sensation. I'm talking about progressively... Instead of like seeing the goal and racing for it, you know, like most like going to a symphony and only listening Uh to the last note, you know, like going just for the symbol. Right. Slowing down and feeling every single stroke. And when you do that, what happens is instead of just having this surface level climax, it goes all the way down. It sinks all the way down into your bones, into the sinew of your bones. Is there any woman who's like, sorry, I tried. It didn't work. Like this really works on every woman. It works on every woman. I mean, it's it's like well, I mean, it works like if on you every practice it though. The like same way the first that, time. Yeah, it, it, the same way that yoga works on everyone. Right. It's like, it, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what we're built for. We're right. built for that kind of deep saturation sensation. Okay. As as women, when, you know, I have every woman. It feels like not every woman, but it feels like who comes to me says, I just like my sex life is great, or my sex life right. sucks. One of the two, right. <laughs> and it just feels like there should be something more. Right. And I think we have in a sense in our bodies of what it's supposed right, to exactly. be like. Like it's not it like as great as that uh, right. is afterward. Don't you kind of feel like, mm, yeah, well, anyway. Yeah, you know? exactly. Totally. Sometimes I definitely feel that way. Yeah. And I'm and. OK, so I'm wondering about the orgasm part then. So for women, what about women who are pre-orgasmic? I hate saying the anorgasmic, but for women who haven't had orgasms yet, does this have Clima- this climax? Uh, who, who climax? Who don't climax? Right. Who don't climax? Right. I mean, that's, a, that's I'd say another one of my top questions I get asked is like my I, women who can't have orgasms. Right. So this would, I think, would be a great gateway. It's amazing. It's amazing. I think, um, well, it's interesting because women who see themselves as not climactic often end up being the practitioners who have the deepest practice. Wow. Because they haven't attuned themselves to racing for that goal. And so their capacity to just keep sinking in and sinking in and sinking in. And then that's why it's so, that's why we had uh, the orgasm is store. That's why it was so important because the definitions that we have for what sex is supposed to be do not actually suit a woman's body. So you can have this woman who has this Unbelievable! I mean, like, right. unbelievably deep orgasm, right? Right. Like, where massive contractions are right. happening, and ejaculate is pouring from her. Right. And she's and she'll say, "Oh, there's something wrong with me. Really? I'm an orgasm. I'm frigid." And it, that, and that has just happened to her, and she still thinks that, right? Because because she's not she's, connected to it. Because she, because it it isn't the big kind of explosive right. climax that is actually suited for a man's body. Right. You know, and we as women can do it. It can be part of our repertoire, but it isn't the whole of what we're capable of. And she'll actually just be, you know, like on the bottom notes of her piano keys. She'll right. be in a different part. Right. And it'll be so beautiful. So a lot of our work is just going back and saying, oh, wait, no, that 
that's beautiful. That's orgasm. No, that, you know, and, and then she'll say like, oh, but it's, 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 it's not working. It's wrong. And I'll say, well, did it feel good? Well, yeah, it felt good, but you know, it, it just isn't right. Oh, because it's, they're so used to the, expo- to the, exactly. Right. Exactly. So it's like retraining your mind again and retraining yeah. your body about yeah. what it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, I love when you say, um, that, that what you do is you, 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 you spend your career redefining orgasm from a woman's point of view. Right. So this really is all about women. Orgasm what? and men, but I want to talk about the male's role. Like, so if a guy's listening to this and he's like, "Okay, great," so I can get her out. Where was it for me? All right. So There's I just want to say, in it for men. I, I, well, I want to say it's funny because uh, man's never asked me that question. A man's never said what's in men it for me. Men don't ask me. No. That yeah, it, okay. Good. Men get it. I mean, I, I, and I can tell you, and it, what's in it for the guy is uh, on multiple levels. So, um, on the first level, it's the fact that he actually gets uh, instructions that he can understand on how to be with a woman's pussy you know here's this poor guy right his entire identity depends on how well he can do this right and he's supposed to know how to do it in the dark under the covers without talking right right and then new woman and even though his last girlfriend did it this way this new woman he's got to figure it out the new body each time and even though all these men have been so horribly trained by our faking orgasm yes you know we're actually reinforcing faking it exactly right so so just like his confidence level period of actually feeling like Okay, wait a minute. I've been asked to do something, and I have the instructions as to how to do it, and I can do it well. Right. Right. I, I think, though, there's this other element that we as women just do not get. We just don't get it because we're, we're not conditioned this way. See, a man is conditioned to be productive. Right. Right. To bring home the bacon. Exactly. Right? To, to give her pleasure. And so that gives him a kind of gratification that we could never... As women, we know, right? We're just minxes. We right. know we can just roll over that thing. It'll feel good. Right. And that's great. But we don't have a lot attached to how well we do it. Right. Because we... Yeah. Well, we're good. Right. Right. But, but for men... It, they, oh, like, they're so tied up in it. Like, I, I've been with guys where I, I remember I didn't orgasm, and he was, like, so upset. Like, yeah. he did something wrong. And this was, like, just, like, a few months ago, this guy was dating. He was, like, I'm really upset you didn't have an orgasm. And I guess I had before with him. He's, like, I'm just, I, I don't know what he's wrong. Like, are you going to sleep with me? Like, it was so. Right. Because it's, like, they want to achieve, like, certain goals exactly. and milestones. Like, I failed. I right. failed with Emily last night. I was like, no, it's fine. It's cool. It's cool. It's whatever. So this would be this. So this practice really empowers men to get it finally. Cause so many men just don't, yeah, they don't get it. Right. They don't know it. So you teach them, you break it down. Like the well, I totally break. I mean, I break Do it you, down. You break it down to quadrants. <laughs> I mean, the clitoris, like on the side, they, they know the clitoris exists, which many men don't. And then it's like quadrants. So then do they, so going back to the oming practice, then it's a 15 minute practice right. every day, or you right. start with every day. Right. And then the man, so you starts with the, the left quadrant right. and then you move to the other quadrants and you, well, the, so there are 15 primary spots in the clitoris wow, and okay. um and this is i know actually, there's like thousands of nerve endings so it makes sense that there'd be quadrants right okay. so when when we were talking about what the guy gets out of it i can tell you that the next thing he gets out of it is a level of mastery you know okay. one of the things carlos santana said i think it was carlos santana <laughs> said um uh after a period of time of playing the guitar the guitar begins to play you right and really totally. he gets to see have you read this book flow um, the the psychology of optimal experience really no no but I've heard of it yeah so, so you know the basic concept is that uh, the time when a human being is the happiest is in a deep state of absorption okay and he can take on a practice 
to the extent that he can get so deeply absorbed in the practice and he can play her clitoris like an instrument and get it such a deep level of mastery that then he gets to sink into that state that you get in yoga or meditation. She gets to sink into that state that you get in yoga or meditation and they actually get to be there together. Wow. It's the only way that I know that two human beings get to be in that state together. That's amazing. And it just happens instantly because you're in this. It's like if you have a meditation practice right with yourself. So they, they get into this together. But it takes time. I would think that it would take... It doesn't happen the first time, or it does happen the first time? <laughs> it so doesn't. I mean, that's the thing. We were, we were joking about it. It so about, doesn't, like, you said? Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just hard to market yeah, like nothing it, nothing right? happens the first, like your first yoga class. You're not whatever, and you right. don't go out and run a marathon in a day. Right, exactly. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So what else can we learn about this? So what about oming for, um, oming for men? You talk right. a little bit about oming for men. Great. So, so one of the things Charlie Glickman said this great thing okay. um, about how many men ejaculate, but not every man is orgasmic. Right. And this is uh, th- th- when he said that. I was like, oh, thank God. So one of the things that's really key to me is that first we get our women orgasmic. So, you know, some of the statistics show that seventy six in their last sex act, seventy six percent of all men climaxed and only 26 percent of women did mm-hmm. okay so if you imagine that you're going out to lunch and um he's eating 70 76 percent of his meal for years and she's eating only 26 yes. percent you can feel that she has a hunger so yes. the first thing we do is yes. we feed her well okay. then the shocking thing lo and behold what you discover is that when she's full all of a sudden you steps outside of the context of obligatory sex right and all of a sudden she's full and she's pouring her desire over on to him. Okay. So this releases, so you're the oming releases all this right. desire in her. It's right. Just, it just sounds so amazing. Like right. everyone should be doing this. I totally agree. So how do you get people, I mean, what about the skeptics who are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how do you, you could learn it by downloading it on your website. Right. You could buy your book. Would you recommend the first thing is to or take a class if they're in San Francisco? Do you have classes in other cities too? We do. We have, in fact, we're going to do a class in Boulder, I believe. And then we're doing a class in Los Angeles. And so we do classes throughout, but we also do Skype. We do a lot of Skype. Oh, this is so great. Yeah. And it's all at onetaste.us? Right, is that exactly. Okay, yeah. so you can find all your, It's a great website. You can see all, all the stuff that you could download. And so, so if someone's like listening to this and they're like, okay, so, so the oming practice is really... And then when, what about the intercourse? Like, Do you find that people are matched in the classes and then do they have intercourse? Or is it really you just focus on the orgasm? But does it lead to sex usually to intercourse? To that's, a, intercourse? that's a great question. So you can use it however you want. It's, right. In my mind, it's like all of a sudden we are filling your bank account. I, However you want to spend it is up to you. There are people who, you know, I have artists who come in and they use it for their painting. And then I have people who take it and they use it so to, to have their career be, feel more like, you know, being creative rather than efforting. Then there are people who use it in their deep meditation and awakening practices. It's however you want to use it. It's okay. agnostic in that way. So tell me about some of the successes. Tell me about some of the befores and afters. I'd love to hear, like, is there someone sticks out of your mind, like a student who was, like, super skeptical who came in or like, a woman who's like, I've never had orgasm, I don't like sex. I mean, is there any person that comes to mind over all these years you've been doing it? Or it's yeah, just yeah, explain yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I mean, so what I say to skeptics is um, I would have been one too. Right. The, the only, right. The only thing would have, I get it. Like, that ever would have convinced me was trying it. So right. just try it. The worst thing you have to lose is 15 minutes. Exactly. Right. Right. Um, so, I, you know, I do, I have this one couple that ha- they were married for 28 years and they hadn't touched in 18. And that was like they hadn't even like it was like like, it wasn't even like like nothing nothing. it was like they would brush each other and it would feel awkward and uncomfortable and just the experience of watching them progress it was like watching something 
melt between wow. them. And really watching her face melt. Amazing. It, it had sort of frozen into this, I'm never going to get what I want expression. Right. And then just, it was so sweet, like watching, it's like almost like, mm, there are movies where you watch someone smile right. for the first time, you know, and she would be like, so awkward in her display wow. of love with him and coming back into relationship and then seeing the glim- like it was like I could watch the glimmers of who they were when they first got together oh, and how much they had which loved is what each we're other. Trying to get back to right. which is like another top question we get asked is we used to have had sex right. we've been together for a year ten years twenty years how right. do we get back to it right. so it sounds like oming would be a great way if, for couples at no matter what stage even if you're not a couple but for couples if you're no matter what stage of your relationship it would be a great practice to invest in. To, to just kind of bring that spark back to your sex life. That's exactly it. It's so that your your sex life can get exponentially better for the rest. Like the woman I know who's been oming for thirty years, right? Like it's like her her practice only gets deeper and better on a daily basis. Now, can women teach this to men, or does the men have to be trained in it? Like, let's say, okay, so let's say I meet with this dude today. <laughs> and we're not doing anything today, or I mean, you know, and then like, is it the kind of thing that I could teach a partner, and really the guys have to go in for their specific training you know you can and um i'd rather not and it, now that i'm thinking about right it. I'm like, it? i want him to know i want to lay back i uh, see that's and that's the thing that we offer men that's the thing that we'll say we'll show you how to handle her pussy better than she knows how to handle her own pussy i love it and and i think that's as women what we want right we just want to not be able to have to to have to give constant instruction. Right. We want to let go. And so we expect them, though, to be mind readers. And so what we do is we give him the mind reading lessons okay. so that when he enters, he knows exactly what to do. And so that, you know, for example, my stroker, I'll, I'll think, oh, I wish he'd turn to the left and right. As I'm thinking it, his finger moves. Because he, he can read your body He that can way. read my body. And that's what you're, t- so that's, we should get into that for a second because we have a few more minutes here, but how do we get into the, talk about that, like that experience, how you can you learn to read each other's energy because so much about sex i'm always talking about like well men are like i don't know if she likes it i'm like well what did her body do did right. she breathe did her breath quicken did she pull back uh-huh. did she so this right. practice teaches you how to really read a woman right right because right. so, you're you're right. in you're in there and you're and you got to subtly like watch so he knew that you wanted that because of the way energy that you were giving off? Or? Well, he, he has a very subtle and nuanced okay. uh, capacity to sense, but I think, you know, the first thing, we I do the very hard work of, oh, this is so hard. I, I, I train men how to not listen to women because you know, we as women are trained wow. to perform. Right. And so we will scream louder, move our hips harder. Right. We'll do all of these things to show him and convince him that we're getting off in such a way that we actually distract him from whether or not we are. Right. Totally true. So I, so he'll, you know, he'll be listening to her moans and I'll say, ah, ah, no, don't listen. Do not believe that moan. I want you to only... You know, first thing I have him to do is look at the actual physical involuntary signifiers of swelling, of contractions, and ejaculate. Okay. Because that's something she can't fake. Right. So that actually gives a man power. You know, as women, we're kind of mad that our performance doesn't work for a while. But then we are so grateful that he actually, he has his own measuring stick as to what's happening in your body. And this is something that a man can take with any woman that he's with. I mean, it might be different, her practice, but, but... but just the starting out and the way you do it is right. a practice that he becomes fine-tuned through It gives your him the tools okay. for himself that he brings with him wherever he goes. So what happens in a class? Like, what's your most popular class for men? 
for men, well, we have an online ca- class that's amazing called Goldfinger. And it oh, actually, it's online? Yeah. Okay, awesome, because our listeners are all over the world. Yeah, uh, and, and it, I mean, it, the, the testimonials we'd get are, you know, like, oh, my God, I know what I'm doing. Wow, man, you can figure <laughs> out what you're doing. Please do this. We give him the cartography of the clit. We give him all of the points of sensation. We show him how to do, like, for example, there's a stroke that makes her feel like she's in love. There's a stroke that makes her feel like she's reverent. It's a high, light stroke on the tip of the clit. There's a deep, abiding sex stroke that you can get when you go back behind the hood. It's all of the locations wow. on her body. Oh, my God. And what's your feeling on the G-spot? She's getting, Aaron's getting, my intern's getting turned on. What about the G-spot? I think it is an amazing example of the back of the clit. The G spot. Okay. Yeah. Do you do any work around that? No. No. You're like you got to focus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Clitoris also they say that G spot orgasms, if that is your thing and you're into it, that you have to be turned on first through your clitoris right. more, more likely. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Good. I love it. Any other final words, people, that we need to say that you want to impart? Any word of wisdom? I'm like hot and excited, and I want Nicole. Really? So men and women own women own women. <laughs> women own women. Women. Own, well, it, it depends. You right. Know, it's, it's if you're down to, with that, right? Totally. It's up to. We're agnostic in terms of what people do. Okay. God, I love it. It's so cool. It's really, this is so revolutionary. So Slow Sex is the book, The Art and Craft of the Female Orgasm. Um, Increase pleasure and deepen intimacy through the practice of orgasmic meditation. And I feel like everyone needs a little deepening of their intimacy because we're all like, we're all on cruise control. We've all had sex the same ways for all these years. You do the same thing over and over and over again. And how... And everyone wants to have better sex. So this is really like a tool if, you, if, you, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. But it seems like it works for most of everyone. Like you have nothing to lose by learning. I have please, nothing to lose. Please, like go learn about the clitoris. Like I think every man, like it should be required. It should be. That's what Tim Ferriss said. <laughs> required oh, education for every Ferriss. man. It should be. It's true. Yeah. It should be like, like, like done. Like every single guy I'm with, I almost want to go back and do overs. Like I wish they knew this. So, okay. And your website, One Taste. Uh, U.S. U.S. Okay, Nicole, they don't. Thank you so much for being on the My show. My pleasure. This was great so being much here. fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and we're going to own. We're going to have so much fun together. Okay, everyone, thanks so much for listening to Sex with Emily, and this is Free Show Friday, so enjoy it. Was it good for you? Email me, feedback at sexwithemily.com. Okay, so I need to tell you a little bit about my favorite sex toys on the planet, which is the Jeju. You remember when I first got the Mimi. Yeah. Like a few years ago. Jeju. Jeju Mimi. How you say it? Jeju means to play in French. It it always uh, has stuck in my brain because it has uh, a funny name. Yeah. Jeju. Um, J-E-J-O-U-E. They make high quality premium sex toys. They're rechargeable, waterproof, powerful, and they have the best designs. They have the one that I was talking about, the Dua that's remote control yeah. that just came out like yesterday. And they have the Mimi. They have the most amazing penis ring in the world called the Mio. And you can play with these toys together on your own. The Mimi is great for clitoral stimulation during sex. The Fifi, uh, one of my interns just wrote a great blog about it, like having her like first G-spot orgasm with a, a Fifi. And the thing about these toys, which makes them so different, is not just the design, but they actually, their motor, is it, it's a vibrator but it has this rumble but it's not like a loud rumble it's just i didn't know what it was until alicia from the company was on the show i was like oh this is why it's so great because i have so many vibrators so i love them the mio the fifi the nua all of them go to jeju.com these are next level sensations oh and they're beautifully packaged and discreet i actually keep the boxes to like store things in because they're so cool and you get a little like tie with them a lot of them you get a um 
a blindfold, and they're awesome. Wow. So go to jejoue.com, use code Emily for 10% off your purchase, and get a killer sex toy to rock your world.